ladies and gentlemen, this is the Hoop... I don't know why I'm saying it like that. I want to suck your blood. This is the Hoopers podcast. I'm your host, president of the Hoopers, headband warrior, Ben Roberts. And with me today, a man who goes by many names. Tom Bach. Is that ever popular? Probably. Tito Thomas Lass. Tommy Vlawog. <laughs> no neck, Lewis. Uh, yeah. yeah. That would be Ben Burbick. It's Thomas Lloyd Lewis. Thomas. Good evening. Does it say Thomas on your birth certificate? It certainly does. I go oh, by that. How about that? Daily. Oh. Thanks for having me. No problem. So how about Putin, eh? <laughs> sure. Yeah. He's gone crazy, isn't he? Well, everyone's talking about him. He must have done something. What's he done? I don't know. It's hard to tell, isn't it? What do you think he's done? I'm going to say runs Russia. He definitely does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 With an iron fist. Recently got re-elected, actually. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, I think 75% of the vote. Oh, well, congratulations to him. That's a wide percentage. Wide percentage? That's not mm. a Wide per- margin. That's a wide margin. Mm. Uh, good percentage. <laughs> that is exactly what it is. No, did, look... Well done to him. 75%, that's cracking. Certainly, we shouldn't really say anything against him. Because he has, yeah, the other Putin. candidate, he doesn't speak English. Uh, no, well, you suspect he might, but just uses that the fact that he doesn't as a power play. Like, He's like me, he acts stupid just you know, to get away with it. It's not acting stupid, isn't it? It's just more forcing people to either speak Russian or go through a... It's just that his English translator is really good looking, so he just likes having her around. Or him. Her oh, is he, a, is he a... I don't know. You just made this person up. No, Pu- I'm sure that's not true, Vladimir. Is that his first name, Vladimir? Yeah. Vlad? If, if you believe what they say in the Big video. Daddy V. <laughs> wow. We'll go with Vlad. This is not how I thought this <laughs> No, we're not going to talk about Putin so today. So we're going to talk... We're going to solve a disappearance, aren't we? That's why you're here. Um, Absolutely. The disappearance of... Johnny... You can't even remember his no, name. I watched the documentary, like... It's disappeared from your memory. Johnny... It's like... It's little Johnny Gosh. Gosh, yeah. Johnny Gosh. How can you forget Gosh, really? G-O-S-C-H. Because yeah. we watched from a... the uh, city of Des Moines in Iowa. Des Moines, so, Iowa. I remember that. Uh, we, it's because we watched yesterday the documentary Who Took Johnny? Great documentary. Cracking little documentary, and it's a baffling case, isn't it? It certainly is. But we, I think we can crack it. Have you got some ideas? If anyone can, you can. Have you got some ideas? Because we, we haven't spoken about what your theories are, but I'd imagine you have some strong theories. I I did not form any seriously strong theories. I came here more open-minded, knowing <laughs> that you will have several. Well, no, I did... The, the reason why I thought you'd be good for solving a mystery is that you're like the straight man of the group, aren't you? You're the skeptic. The straight man yeah. of the group. I like come to you saying like... Is this queer eye? <laughs> I come to you with like some outlandish ideas and you're like, oh, yeah, but have you considered that? Fair. That kind Fair. of thing. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, that's the role I'll probably play in this, in this situation yeah, that's what too. I thought. So I remember I when I told you I was starting a podcast, you know, Burn, have you considered whoa, whoa, no. microphone I was, maintenance? I've been pro-podcast. Have you? I don't really remember, to be honest. I was pushing you because I wanted to hear you and Emir speak on... 
On the, on that the what, web. Um, on the web. No, yeah, and uh, yeah. and that's what uh, our listeners are doing right now, listening to us on the web or on their available on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher. I was listening on iTunes just this afternoon. Oh, wait. Did you well, leave this morning, a morning rather? Have you left a review? Uh, I have already. I think. Yeah. I was listening in the car. Download it. Listening in the car. If anyone is listening on iTunes, please uh, leave us a review because apparently that's how you get your. Mm, probably does help. Podca- it? That's how they measure uh, popularity on iTunes. That's how you get in the charts is with five star ratings. You're doing pretty well then. Why? What have I got? I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't know. We do have a one star rate. Someone I'm left really... us a one star rating. Emmett. <laughs> well, probably. I would imagine Johnny. Not Johnny Gosh. No, I mean, no. Well, maybe. But yeah, Johnny. After this, Johnny Gosh is probably going to... Hooper Johnny. If Johnny Gosh is out there, mm. and he and he wants to ring in and say, hey, that's not what happened to me. Can you ring in? Well, he can be the first. What's the number? Uh, You know, just just tweet us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's easy. I'm sure he's got Twitter. He disappeared a long time ago. He's got Let's a... get back into that, shall we? <laughs> Anyone who has any theories about this case is welcome to tweet, text, Facebookers. I'm still waiting for an email back from his mother, Noreen. I was, yeah, I, I was very polite earlier, I thought, but she hasn't. It is a critically, it's a really good documentary, isn't very it? Very good, very really good. Yeah. Kept me almost awake the first time. But you know what else is good? My uh, YouTube video I made earlier. List shout out to that. Top 12 things wrong with Stranger Things. Shall we not get into that? Because I'm a fan of Stranger Things. Well, that's why you, you've you got to look at it and see what you think. Because I'm a fan of Stranger I like it as well. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You've said you don't like it before. Well... Don't uh, flip-flop now. Well, I like it, but I don't like it. You know what I mean? Like, I like it. If anyone knows what that means, feel free to text in. But it's like, depending on the context, you know. It's like c- certain drinks. You're like, yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay. But then, if someone asks you, like, hey, do you want a da-da-da? No, I don't really like it. I got you. You know? Yeah, sure. Like, my name is... I'll watch it, but... Okay. Or something like that. I've never actually watched that. Scrubs, kind of one of those things, even. I like Scrubs, mind. Friends and Scrubs are just on so often that it's just become a blur for me. It's like Big Bang Theory, I don't really... Actually, Big Bang Theory is more annoying than those ones. Yeah, absolutely. But Friends and Scrubs are like, yeah, it's good, and... Uh, you know, just kind of white noise at this point. Because okay. all the jo- I know the whole script of every episode. It's like The Simpsons as well. Although The Simpsons is just amazing, I think. I think The Simpsons is different. But I do know The Simpsons too well at this point. You know what I mean? Are you a fan of The Simpsons? Yeah, I am, yeah. Not the news. I, would, no, I don't no, think I've watched no. any of the new stuff. I don't like... think I've watched anything beyond, like, season... What do they say? Is it 2 to 11 or something? Or 2 to 9, they say, are the goals? It is unbelievable. But, like, sometimes when I'm looking for a Simpsons... Sometimes I'm like, oh, I really want to watch The Simpsons. I'm looking through the episodes like, no, I know every word to that. I know every (laughs) word to that. I know every word to that. And then you just run out. But, I mean, it's only so long you can keep the high standards going. That's why South Park is so impressive. Uh, Tom, why are you... What brings you to this neck of the woods? Funny you ask, Ben. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually up here for a wedding. Mm-hmm. A Hooper's associate, maybe you'd call him? Yeah, an old Friend Hoop- of the Hoopers? Yeah, an old Hooper. Well, apparently not friend, because I'm not invited. <laughs> or any of the other Hoopers. <laughs> oh, are you the only... Yeah, you're the only one. Mm-hmm. I suppose, yeah. Who else would be? Daz, maybe? <laughs> what? 
No, you're because you, you were in a bad. Did you want to? Have you said the name? So Ben Jones. Ben Jones is, is the man getting married to Charlotte. Yeah, Charlie from Germany. I was just gonna say I've never heard the name Charlotte before. Uh, what? Her name's not Charlotte, is oh, it? It's okay. Charlie. I mean, that's her actual name, though. Yeah, but I mean, you everyone called. I was introduced yeah, to yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's a very nice lady here. Lovely. Yeah, she was. I remember thinking when I met her, Christ, this is a nice lady. Very much so. But I mean, I'm sure Ben's a nice guy as well. Just. <laughs> but not anymore because you weren't invited. Just to not us. a good inviter <clears throat> to think. But you were in a band with him, weren't you? Was so in a band. You were the bassist. Correct. Bass is kind of a strange uh, <laughs> thing, isn't it? Because you don't really notice the bassist much. Not too much, no. But to the untrained ear. To the end, yeah. Maybe you can call yourself a bit of a, a bit of a hipster <clears throat> playing the bass guitar, perhaps. Yes. You know, uh, depends li- on the on the music genre as well, of course. Yeah, so funk would be nowhere without bass lines, would they? Well, yeah. The the thing that we're listening to later, I picked it because it said. Well, you picked it really, but I was happy you picked it because it says in it, uh, it revolutionized revolutionized like bass music. Wow, that is musical knowledge. You can tell I did my research. Incredible stuff, yeah. So So, yeah, so anyway, the wedding of Ben Jones, that is why I'm up here. They Mm. they were married in Germany a couple of weeks back, but they're having their kind of Wales party. Yeah, you're invited to the fake wedding. Yeah, well, I didn't go to Germany. What are you going to wear? A blazer, some trousers, a shirt. Oh, not a suit? I'm not fully suited, no. I think it's more of a... I hope I've not misread the... uh, Are they having like a ceremony? I think there's some sort of ceremony, but I think it's a very... It's definitely not religious. Have you asked people what they're wearing? No. Well, no. I would wear I've a... gambled. Oh, no, but blaze... Did you say blazer? Yeah, I'm wearing a blazer. Oh, a that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I heard it as jumper. Oh, no. no I don't no. think you should wear a jumper. I think blazer would be... What yeah. is it, like a tweed? Uh, it's not a tweed. It's a... It's a grey kind okay. of blazer. Yeah. yeah. You'll see the pictures. Yeah, I think it'll look nice. I hope so. Hmm. Are you going to have, like, a mad one? What are you going to drink tomorrow? I don't know, actually. I don't know what's going to be there. I don't know what the bar situation is. Yeah. But probably not going not to have a mad one. Yeah. Well, maybe. Well, do you know what we've got here? I don't... We've got the Norweg Distillery Blue Slate Gin. This is what I'm here for. Why don't you read some of that, Tom? Do you want me to do my radio voice? Yeah, do your radio voice. Mm. Our tiny mountainside distillery is nestled beneath the slate quarries of the Norweg overlooking Snowdon. Here, we distill our gin. Our gin? Oh, I've gone South Wales. <laughs> our gin? Here, we distill our gin in truly tiny batches, cut it to strength, with our own mountain well water, then bottle, seal and label it on the site by hand. By hand. I'm, I'm thinking about Lee Tamai saying this, because I always <laughs> listen to this on the way up, and he has such a smooth and wonderful voice. Mine does not compare. But anyway, this this aromatic juniper led dry gin has a pine and herbal nose, which I'm sure we'll be able to taste oh, soon yeah. enough. Oh yeah. Grapefruit and elderflower in the mouth. Who doesn't like that? Oh yeah. And a long dry finish. Yeah, very dry. Which doesn't always go down well, but we'll I don't see. really understand what that means. What does a dry finish mean? <clears throat> I don't know. If you've been drinking for too long or drinking for too long? I don't know. We mine it down by year. <laughs> so uh, they recommend, apparently, is this advert still going? <laughs> oh, I suppose so, you're still well, talking. Yeah, the music is still playing. 
So uh, we source almost all our botanicals locally. However, juniper is a declining species in the UK. That's right. So we import ours from Macedonia, mm. where it grows in abundance. Yeah. What and a fantastic marriage, Wales and Macedonia. Yeah, it's beautiful. And if anyone wants to uh, help with the preservation of, uh, what did you say? Juniper. Juniper. Very important. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's for gin, so. Uh, then you can go to plantlife.org or something. Oh, you've been doing this for so long, haven't you? <laughs> uh, so we also give one pound from the sale of every bottle of this gin to Plantlife to support, support the conservation of juniper in the UK. Support, but I oh. said it wrong. We also give one pound from the sale of every bottle of this gin to Plantlife to support the conservation of juniper in the UK. Well, there you go. I mean, that's so, just that's brilliant. Not it? only. Are you drinking nice gin, but you're helping juniper berries? Is that what they are, berries? Uh, yeah. Well, it's a plant, but yes. Well, this is a, this is a fantastic gin, Tom, and, you, and we're about to taste it. Here we go. That's for the benefit of the mic. <sighs> Thoughts? I actually really like this gin. It's actually delicious. Not much tonic in there either, is there? No. So it's... No. Quite a strong batch. We just shared it's one little tonic bottle. But really delicious. You can tell there's a lot of flavours going on in there. Absolutely. Oh, someone's going to steal the gin. There's a lot of... Oh, some of the audience want to try some gin. <clears throat> the, um... Yeah, we do have a slice of lemon in it, but even if we don't have the lemon in it, you can still taste the citrusy. You get a lot You get a lot in it. I know what they mean by dry finish now. It is fantastic. Yeah. Delicious, thank you. Yeah, it's really, it's one of those things that, until you try it, people, you really can't, we really can't illustrate. Uh, Tom, where can they buy it? Uh, well, as ever, they can buy it in anywhere. I mean, any good sales shop of mm. booze. Any, any good sales shop in Selected North Wales. Yeah. Selected stores is the actual right answer. Yeah, selected it? stores in North Wales. Uh, for example, you know that shop opposite where Blockbuster used to be in Bangor? It's like a wine room. Oh, yeah. It? What, they, they sell it there? They, they sell it there. And at the moment, they're, they've got a limited time only seasonal batch. Because they do it in really small batches, this gin. It's one, it's one, of, their, it's one of their strong points. Tangent here, yeah. and localized question. Yeah. What is in the shop formerly known as Blockbuster now? What is it like a carpet shop or something? Audience, do you know? Anyone in the audience? Oh, sorry. Oh, it's uh, B and BB's warehouse or something. Like BB's that. warehouse. Oh, oh, that's closed down yeah, as well. So there's nothing there. The ghost of Blockbuster strikes again. It's a cursed. Why did Blockbuster die out just because no one wants DVDs anymore? That's sad, isn't it? Was it? Well, I wanted to watch a DVD the other day for the first time in maybe like five years. What DVD was that? Psycho. I've never seen Psycho. Oh, yeah. And I have a DVD of it um, from like years ago, and I suddenly clocked, hey, I watched Psycho. And then I realized I don't have a DVD player. <laughs> <laughs> there was quite an interesting documentary on Psycho on BBC Two the other night. Oh, was there? It might be interesting seeing, yeah. Well, I'll watch Psycho first, mm. but I'm really excited about it because it kind of spawned a whole, you know, it was like a first genre, of its kind. It's a genre defying bit of films, isn't it? Yeah. 
From, do you remember the director's name? Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Again, quite a strange man from all well, it, Have you got any facts? Uh, I don't, uh, but I mean, in all ways of these fantastic directors, they all have their own oh, quirky yeah. way, yeah. don't they? No, uh, you just wanted to put an allegation out there and not back it up. <laughs> not in any way. If the ghost of Alfred Hitchcock... So you can, you, now you're saying he's not even his real name. He was born Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> Hitchcock. <laughs> he's a German warlord. No, I'm sure he wasn't. And uh, no, he's British, wasn't he? Yeah, is he British? He was kind of because what is the British? What's a British like film company now? Um, Britain used to like do a film lot. production company. Yeah, because Britain used to do lots of stuff. You know what I mean? We used to make cars and films and film four films. I mean, they produce some films, don't they? I don't know. I don't know what that is. I know there's a channel called Film Four. Yeah, yeah, it's the same people, I think. Is that what's on Film 4 all day? No, but they also produce films. Okay. I believe. Well, if Film 4 are looking for any actors, I think I'd be a good actor. You used to be in primary school. I'm sure you used to get parts and bits. In Ronde Ronde. Yeah, extra work. Yeah, I used to be in Ronde Ronde. I was the the kid getting bullied, and then uh, Barry came and, like, told everyone to stop. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh. Wow. Because it was it was one of those like Barry's a bully, mm. but he's like you know the, the he rules with an iron fist kind of thing. You know I have Barry's phone number. I I mean that's not his real name. Uh, I hope you don't call him that. What's his real name? Should we say it on the podcast? I mean I suppose uh, yeah. yeah Guion Taggart is. Guion Taggart. Yeah, I've got his. Phone. I play five aside with him. I'm pretty sure he's not played the role of Barry in <laughs> in about ten years. Why? What's he do now? I don't know. You know him. I'll tell you what he doesn't do. Pass to me in football. <laughs> Hogs the... Holds on to it. Does a little turn. I'm going, pass! Pass, Barry! Barry! Nothing. Does a little step over. Pass! Barry! Nothing. That's really peaking on those mics. I've got to say that, that listening in the car on the way up to... I was doing my homework listening mm. to some old, you know, the last few podcasts. Mm. Your voice peaks so high... Oh, does it? Everyone else is like down here. Yeah, and I do. You are like. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but every that's me. I always make my voice. Yeah. I shrink my voice in volume, and I amplify everyone else's. I'm not sure if you're doing that when you are arguing some of the things you're arguing with me to my. Well, I've got to make podcast. my voice a bit louder just so everyone hears my. Po- oh yeah, says who? <laughs> there was a lot of that. You and what army? <laughs> No, everyone's good. It was a bit quieter in the uh, Super Bowl podcast. Again, listen back on iTunes. No, but Lee uh, is Lee is just he talks so quiet sometimes. Like sometimes when he says a point, he just gets quieter and quieter and quieter. Not quite as bad as Johnny, who was nodding. Should we talk about Johnny Gosh now? Yeah, I was just going to mention another funny thing I thought from the last podcast. No, go ahead. ahead. Only as a fan appearing on the program mm. per se uh, and I've told you from the beginning that I appreciate the way you edit out the, the swear words there you go yeah hey come on I'm just doing it so I can hear the noise that you put in because you did start talking about Donald Trump's comments regarding uh-huh. Haiti which meant that you had to actually bleep so much yeah. that it just became a sound effect. It's because I didn't think we were going to talk about that. Like, he didn't say that we were going to talk about that. He just brought it up, so I had to... 
much of the conversation just boop, yeah. boop. Which is a lot of it. Sometimes we we choose a topic mm. without thinking yeah. that I'm gonna have to bleep it all. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I wanted to mention. Yeah. Uh, this is a family show, mm-hmm. but we also like to solve child murders. We well, is that... is this a murder? Well, that's what I was gonna say. Well, what do you think? Should I should I introduce it first? I think then... we should definitely introduce this. Have we got a clip to play or something? Maybe we haven't got a clip, but I've got a little voiceover oh, yeah. package. This is a cue to package. And while I while I um read this out, I want mm. you to picture you know like an old fashioned a guy in a trench coat comes in front of the screen. It's like black and white, and he's smoking, and he okay. says, "Little Peggy Sue is a." So we're thinking, for the listeners, I suppose, we should say, we're thinking of a kind of noir feel. Yeah, thinking? yeah, it's very noir, this. Okay. Very noir. We'll have the music to it. And we'll have, like, we'll have romantic jazz playing in the background now. There's, like, saxophones and blah, blah, very slow and ominous, you know? Right, here we go. <clears throat> September 5th, 1982. <laughs> okay. No, start again. Well, <laughs> Put down. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. It's hard to do that accent softer. Okay, here we go. September 5th, 1982. Dozens of disgruntled middle-aged men awaken in a small suburb in Iowa. Their daily morning paper hasn't been delivered. Which is just as well, because we might need to stop the presses for this one. The neighborhood's 12-year-old paperboy, Little Johnny Gosh has vanished into thin air halfway through his paper route, leaving behind his only delivery wagon on the pavement. He was never seen again. Or was he? Did he really return to visit his mother one morning, 15 years after he disappeared in 1997, only to immediately disappear again? Or are we dealing with a distraught mother with an overactive imagination? Join us! as we unravel the perplexing disappearance of Johnny Gosh. I really hurt your voice when you do that, when you do that. Wow. <coughs> oh, I'm glad I got this blue slate gin here. I really don't know what to say. The only uh, thing we should really say is, is, is that it is quite a serious, it's a really, sad case. It's a, it's a really well-known case. Despite your strange A voice. tragic case because his mother still to this day is looking for him. Mm. Uh, no, but have, have you, th- this is what I'm thinking, Tom. Mm. By doing that silly voice, okay. I'm grabbing people's attention. You know what I mean? People are now listening. They're like, what? what? Who's Johnny Gosh? Where is he? Yeah, so it's a very interesting case. It's and, a 12-year-old and... boy has gone missing on his paper route in Iowa. And we're talking suburbs. This is 1980, uh, 1982. Yeah, 1982. And it's like your middle of the road, like completely normal neighborhood. It's not mm. dirt poor. It's not, you know, a project housing building. It's when you think of America, you think of this neighborhood. This is middle America. Yeah, middle America. Yeah, well done, Tom. Well done. So, uh, yeah, so we watched this documentary, Who Took Johnny? Have you got any initial initial thoughts just based on... Just entirely on the documentary. It was, it was well put together. Yeah. Uh, We'll get into the twists and turns, yeah, but, but it, 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 in kind of the way that a lot of modern documentaries are now, it takes you on a little journey yeah. and takes you around those twists and turns. Because when you told me about this thing, 
I wasn't expecting some of those turns, which is always good. It's a huge case, isn't it? Because, like, in the sense of you look at it and you think, wow, did all this stuff really happen? Yeah, and, and also, it's probably worth noting that it seems to be one of those cases that was right at the beginning of, of a change in atu attitude towards child and, and young adults disappearing. Yeah, the documentary uh, incorrectly states that Johnny Gosh was the first kid put on a milk carton. It was actually Ethan Patz who disappeared in, I think, New York and only just got solved last year. So By you? Or? Someone confessed. Yeah, so, anyway. But, so but, I can't take all the credit. But certainly it's along those tracks of being kind of a very... Yeah. It, the case changed a lot of attitudes, isn't it? Or certainly the work that Noreen yeah. Gosh does Yeah. the case. Yeah. So Johnny Gosh became a bit of like a tall tale of like, you know, why kids should, shouldn't should should watch out, shouldn't talk to strangers. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of twists and tales. Uh, such as this first one, Tom. Let me get your reaction to this. Mm. Johnny was seen talking to a stocky man in a car and being followed by a different man on the day of his disappearance. And this is at like six in the morning, probably, isn't it? This is quite a strange one in the, in the documentary, isn't it? Because they don't really go into much detail about this, no. who these witnesses are all that much, do they? Yeah, it's mainly like other paper boys have seen him on mm. their routes. Yeah, and, but, but... Routes. In the strange way that there's, isn't there like about three separate sightings of this man in a car or something? Yeah, there's like a, I was actually looking at, um, because someone said on some forum that there had mm. been a lot of supposed attacks and attempted abductions of paper boys in that, what's it called, Des Moines? Yeah. In the whole of Des Moines, like, Johnny was in West Des Moines, mm -hmm. there'd been a lot in South Des Moines or something like that. Okay. And I was looking at them on a map, and some of them are really close, some of these alleged attacks. So, I mean, do you think there's anything to this? I mean, that is essentially, without spoiling where we're about to get to, the base basis on which a lot of people are exploring their theories is, yeah. is here. Isn't it? What theory? You can say the theory. Well, so what theory are we going to get to? Later on in in this documentary, <clears throat> they explore the theory that he was kidnapped for uh, to be sexually abused by like grooming gangs, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they believe that this man in a car he had a name, but I can't remember. He was. Yeah, I was remember. Was he like described as a captain or something? Yeah. Something or is that, that someone else? But do you think, so if it is a sex grooming, a child sex ring, uh, are they likely to abduct people like this, do you think? I mean, I have no idea. Is this the way to do it? I don't know. Oh, f Tom. But you tell me, you tell me. Okay, well I will. Okay. In, in sex trafficking circles, uh, it's customary maybe you should add that you don't mix in these circles no but i study them okay. i did a I did a powerpoint presentation about child sex trafficking in where was it oh the caribbean yeah because it's really big there they love kids apparently it's like third in the world just sex trafficking in general but number one for kids so Stay away from the Caribbean. Yeah, I was researching. I was researching uh, that, and basically, sex, child sex rings usually abduct dirt poor kids, kids that don't have families, 
you know, kids that are living on the street, kids that are easy to abduct, that aren't going to cause a big fuss. Yeah, which is also something that he mentioned, though, isn't it? Because they they talk about the um, they talk about how these gangs also like to get kids from mall. Do they talk about how they like to get kids who aren't yeah. sullied or who aren't yeah who not been. Yeah, I can understand that, and that's like their niche that they want, like you know, good, clean, and mm. from clean, angelic backgrounds. Yeah, I think that's what they were suggesting. Anyway. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, Should I get to? I'll do point two. So, oh, this isn't really a point. He took his dog on the paper route, and the dog came back alone. So yeah, but they they do use this as a basis on which to say that he didn't just yeah. run away. Yeah. He's unlikely to have ran away and left his dog behind. Yeah, and but although the local police at the time, it appears so that they They thought, thought he'd ran away. Yeah. Because child abductions are kind of rare in those kind of neighbourhoods. And in that day, I think, the, the, the suggestion was that back in the day, yeah. police quite often thought, that oh, they're just runaways. Yeah. Whereas now, nowadays, people take it much more I mean, more certainly serious. police in... People who are policing the suburbs would yeah, have thought that. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Uh, New York had a, a bit of a history for it. You okay? You just spilled gin all over yourself. That's the real tragedy of this story. Tom's got to take his jumper off. Uh, do you do you think it's relevant that um, because there's a story that his dad always used to go with him on the paper route, and on this morning he didn't. Again, quite a strange one, isn't it? They, they do they make this as a bit of a throwaway comment, don't they? Yeah. But I think they say I think you're exploring it in a way of suspicious. Mm. Whereas I think in the documentary they seem to say that the father feels guilty because he used to always go with him and then... Yeah, but it is uh, it is kind of uh, notable that on the one day that his dad doesn't go with him, he gets abducted. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, those kind of things always seem to happen. And maybe I'll say this point now. I've got it at the end, but I'll, I'll bump it up because it's relevant. Noreen Gosh has since alleged that her husband at the time, now ex-husband, was involved in the disappearance, even even claiming that he's been meeting law enforcement officials, bringing along a woman who was claiming to be her. What? She's saying, basically. Where have you got this now? Because this is Gosh's off mother. documentary Yeah, this stuff. wasn't on the documentary. I listened to a two-hour interview with Noreen Gosh earlier, and in it, she basically said that she has been told that so she went to meet some like special FBI people and like mm-hmm. you know leads in the case and she would walk in and they would say oh Noreen how you doing I haven't seen you in ages and she'd be like we've never met and then he was like I'll just use one as an example this guy was like yeah we did we met two years ago when I took you to the prison and she was like no we, I've never been in this office so then he calls his assistant in and he goes, Hey, didn't we go with Noreen Gosh to the prison? And she's like, Yeah, so some woman came claiming to be Noreen Gosh, but it wasn't this woman. But why? And she was with Noreen Gosh's husband. But why? She came with. But surely this guy would recognize her. Who? He wouldn't say, You would say, Oh, Noreen, I haven't seen you in ages. Well, I mean, he's an investigator. He's not, you know. He's, so he, he would have only met her once, yeah. is the kind of thing I would bluff and say. You know, if it if it says on my meeting I've got Noreen Gosh coming okay, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, oh, remember you've met this woman. Okay, yeah. So what do you think of that? How, is that We've how, gone how majorly, does that story strike you? Got off piste, yeah. yeah, you just But that's you, an uh, interesting. That's something Noreen Gosh is alleging. What kind of feel in general do you get from this woman? 
I mean, she is the story in this documentary, yeah. isn't she, really? I mean, in all <clears> of this, because they bring in other disappearances and kind of other incidents. But really, she's the what mm. binds this one together. And she's obviously grieving, desperate yeah. mother. That's, I suppose, my point. How believable is she on a slash crazy on a scale of <laughs> one to ten? Like, is she just saying all this stuff and she's just completely out of her mind? Or is this the biggest conspiracy of all time? Well, who's to say? I mean, are we jumping ahead to talking about this alleged second sighting of Johnny Gosh? <clears throat> because I think that's what throws... Okay, shall I, I'll say I'll say that point early then. Mm. Sensationally, while questioned under oath in 1999, so this is what, 17 years after the disappearance, mm. Noreen Gosh, Johnny's mother, claimed that she'd been visited by her son 15 years after he disappeared, so yeah. two years previously to when she was talking. She said he and another man came to her apartment at 2.30 in the morning in March 1997 that he showed his birthmark on his chest to identify himself and that he stayed and chatted for up to an hour and a half. She says she kept the visit a secret for fear of Johnny being harmed by his captors. Tom, what do you make of that claim? This was definitely one of the most shocking twists in this one. <clears throat> yeah. It yeah. came right at the end as well. Yeah. And you're like, was, what? Yeah. It's what do you mean he came so. back? This was kind of quite a normal and, you know, kind of normal documentary until this bit yeah. because it comes during a kind of there's no point getting into this other case but she's under oath and she says she didn't want to answer and she refused to answer and the, the judge forced her to answer so she said oh I had no choice but to tell the truth so yeah. I said yes I've seen him since Yeah. to which the local media went absolutely <clears throat> berserk for it didn't they and rightfully uh, so rightfully so because it's very strange yeah. very shocking I don't think I would have heard of this case because I'd heard of this case before the document I was telling you I've been mm. looking at this case for like 10 years or something and it first came to my attention because yeah. of that big headline of like this kid apparently came back one day yeah and then went disappeared again I yeah, it was definitely... To be honest, let, let me... My... Uh, so I was following, you know, the story. Mm. And then when I heard that, I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this definitely did not happen. He did not come back one morning and then go again. And just... She just didn't tell anyone. I'm sorry, Noreen, if you're listening. But I'm sure you're a really nice woman. But the chances of this happening are just... It's... Are you with me in thinking that this didn't happen? It's definitely one of the most bizarre and surreal twists of yeah. this. And what do you think? Did it happen or not? Or has she dreamed it? Is she just completely crazy and imagined the whole thing? Or some people are saying online that maybe someone tricked her. Someone just came saying they were him. But I mean, that would be cruel. Yeah, but I mean, there are cruel people. I mean, the. Yeah, just... yeah, but why not just do a prank call? Yeah, I mean, it strikes you a little bit as a, a grieving mother going through some difficult times. The fact that she uses this in a bizarre way in the documentary to kind of give herself some closure does make you think that she's imagined it or something. Because doesn't she kind of go on to say, well, I know that he's alive now, but yeah. living in it, but he can't speak to me. Yeah, I'll be honest, life. I'll put my cards on the table on this one. I get that impression reading most of this stuff, yeah. that she's imagined a lot of this, and that this conspiracy is really a simple 
child abduction. I mean, a real cynic. Yeah. And I'm just putting out. This is not my opinion per yeah. se. Well, you are a cynic. I thought this uh, is what I you would come cynic. here and say, no. and I was going to have to say no. But what about the sighting? Yeah. No, the extreme cynic would actually go as far as to say that this, that you know, she got to a point where she was kind of wanting attention because she got a lot of attention for yeah for that. And I'm not saying that's what happened. But I think some people probably thought that, didn't they? I think also worth mentioning, and they only they again they brushed over this in the documentary, mm. but uh, so her husband, her first husband, died of cancer before Johnny was born, or yeah. like just after Johnny was born. Yeah. And then, uh, just before he died of cancer, the whole their whole house was destroyed in a hurricane, and yeah. she had to that pick was... up her child. This from in a, the rubble. This is again a really bizarre part of the documentary <laughs> right at the beginning. It starts with her having to pick up what she thought were her dead children out of the rubble yeah. of her, a destroyed house. They are, they survive. Good, good stuff on that. But I'm wondering if th this sounds like a woman who has gone through a hell of a lot of trauma in her yeah. life. And I'm wondering if these instances of trauma have triggered some kind of switch in her brain and she's now gone a little bit off the rails. In defense of Noreen, gosh, uh -huh. she seems like a very genuine... In the documentary, yeah. she was speaking clearly, she wasn't erratic. And she is helping other families go, who yeah. go through similar things. And she has kind of, she was doing yoga classes as well. <laughs> oh, she must be telling the it, truth I, then. I, I'm just saying that she was obviously... You know, she's being, she's yeah. an upstanding and, member of the community. And other than this sighting, mm. she does back up the conspiracy. Yeah, which we haven't actually gone into no. much, but what she essentially kind of goes, what she explores is that he was kidnapped <clears throat> as part of a grooming gang, which yeah. runs out of Omaha, Nebraska. Nebraska, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which seems much more believable than anything else in this they they present their case and do a fine job of of making that believable. Here's the next point. You tell me if this is if, if this is this is a bit of evidence. You tell me dismiss it or it's interesting. Mm. Three years after Johnny disappeared, a dollar bill was found which had a message scribbled on it which read, "I am alive, Johnny Gosh." Both the mother and stepfather have claimed it is definitely written in Johnny's handwriting. You don't believe it? Mm, I'm, I'm gonna be cynical about that. Uh, I was pretty cynical. Sounds like a very easy prank to yeah. do. Yeah, and it's a strange. Well, it's a strange. I don't know. Oh, who knows about these things? But yeah, the the, the cynic me thought. Mm. Yeah, and you you find a lot of the in these cases. But I mean, it's certainly fuel for the conspiracy, isn't it? You you, Noreen Gosh hasn't just dreamt up this entire conspiracy. No, there are little bits that you can see why yeah. she's led to the conclusion she has. Centrally to this conspiracy is a oh this guy victim or alleged victim. I mean, I, he's not alleged, is he? He is a victim of seems to abuse. certainly be. Shall I read the, out the, this? The judge has decided that he has, mm. although not in a criminal case. No, in a, he's in, in a civil, in a civil, civil yeah. case. In 1991, a man named Paul Bernassi. Benassi or Benassi Bena is what they say. It's spelled Benacci. I want to say Benacci. Well, he came forward and claimed he was a victim of a child sex ring and that he himself had helped abduct Johnny, that he was in the back seat. He has been diagnosed with multiple personality disorder and he says that it's his alter ego that actually abducted Johnny and later assaulted him sexually. 
he seems to know several identifying birthmarks and scars on the body of Johnny Gosh, which has not been released to press, or hadn't been at the time. Yeah, these and are... And Noreen is 100% convinced of this, obviously. Yeah, she's adamant about these things, isn't she? She's convinced that none of these facts are out. Yeah. Which, you're never sure with these cases, because how many documentaries involve this kind of thing where someone claims something that... People, other people say this could only mean that they know this person. These facts are yeah. never out there. And then there's always these like, oh, but this newspaper. Yeah, there's always. This. I mean, it's the kind of thing that you have to take on face value as being compelling. Mm. But I would love to dig at that a little bit more and yeah. see, you know, what exactly did he say about the birthmark? Yeah. How many things did he say that weren't true? And also little things like, you know. Yeah, it might, might not be in the newspaper articles or on the, you know, posters. Mm. But perhaps they'd obviously done quite a lot of TV interviews too. Someone, he might have heard about it in prison. Yeah, I mean, well, or in, yeah. These His TV- abductor might have been in prison with him. Something yeah, like that. that but- I was bouncing around the idea earlier when I was researching this that he all by himself abducted Johnny Gosh. Crikey. And that he's using this alter ego to minimise his involvement, to justify it to himself. It's quite an allegation though, isn't it? Yeah, I, but I don't think he's um, old enough to be abducting, because at the time he would have been young. Yeah, because his claim I think at the time was that he was being groomed and he was being used by this gang yeah. to abduct and groom other children. Yeah, So I, but I don't know, I take it with a grain of salt all the things he says. Yeah, he's an interesting character again. Obviously gone through quite a lot of things, struggling with mental health issues, Mm -hmm. but so central to the story in a weird way because Noreen does hang on his every word Mm. and America's Most Wanted kind of follow him. But but that's an interesting one too because America's Most Wanted do a thing with him, don't they? And he says, oh, I was abused in this house Yeah. and there was like this underground bit and yeah, yeah, they do quite a big house. thing about he's obviously knows about this house and they take him there and he shows this which they take as to meaning this guy's legit yeah uh, yeah. whereas I would I initially meant it to mean he's been to this house mm. and maybe he was here with some kids but they didn't find anything about Johnny Gosh no. in this house no this is all kind of evidence that, that you join together yourself yeah this is kind of evidence that this Paul Bonacci guy was probably yeah. involved in something, something big, yeah, or, or small. So then, so then the allegations against this child sex ring get a little bit bigger. So the Franklin scandal, which is a '90s thing, it uncovered allegations of sexual abuse of minors by high-profile figures, rumored to include and what? Yeah, that wasn't was on the documentary, mentioned. but. It might, yeah, I might bleep those names out. I think we might be punching <laughs> above our weight. Yeah. A, a former prime minister and a former president. I'm even, even then, I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> a politicians. Two big Two names. big old politicians that everyone's heard of. That was just an allegation on some websites I found. Yeah, I think you should definitely take that back. Apparently... I would like to disassociate myself with all of these... <laughs> any of these... This website had a picture of... Again, are you allowed to... Yeah, I'll bleep it out, I'll bleep it out. Is it, they had a picture of him. Beep. Yeah. They had a picture of him Whoop. with what they claimed to be Johnny Gosh in the background. Whoa, come on. <laughs> this is ridiculous now. But I was looking at it like, that's like, you know, generic. That's a generic kid. That could be any yeah, kid. Yeah. But but there are elements without you being completely libelous and 
basing this on nothing. Yeah, there are. But also, after independent investigations spanning years, the allegations were announced as a carefully crafted hoax. That wasn't in the documentary, but from my research, that seems to be the mainstream consensus. Regarding this musician, is it? Is it yeah. a musician? Well, he's like a Republican figure. Oh, I thought. But was... he did sing. Oh, okay, that's why. I, yeah, I was misled because yeah, he they was singing, introduced him singing, yeah, but I don't. Yeah. They didn't say he's okay. a singer. So I didn't understand that. But he's just like a fundraiser or okay, something. Fine. But then Called, again, I think we can say his name. Do you remember? Oh, it's in the documentary. Larry H. King. Is yeah. So in the documentary, they he does get found guilty of embezzling funds. Yeah. But they, tr- they they try and pin some of these allegations of child abuse on him, which they completely yeah not, they, they don't go go anywhere, do they? Yeah, it's a bit of a tag along. However, Mr. Bonacci yeah then goes to the civil courts and does get awarded a million dollars, which he never receives. Yeah, and that was the trial that Noreen Gosh said that I believe she'd... so. Yeah, so that brings <laughs> us full circle back to Noreen Gosh because she gave evidence in this trial. If if some woman comes to me and says, my abducted son came back and visited me, I'm not putting her on the stand. (laughs) But it's so bizarre because that's... I'm putting her in a home. This is where it gets really bizarre. She's she's testifying in the case of this to help the man who is claiming was part of the abduction of her son. Who's claiming that he has molested her son. Yes, yes. And she's helping him, and during the course of this helping, she then goes ahead and says, Oh, I have seen my son since the abduction. We talked, and then I let him go, and we've not spoken since. And by the way, uh, what's his name? Paul Bonacci. Mm. He claims that he is still in contact with Johnny Gosh. Oh, does he? Yeah. He says that he regularly, like, all the kids that were involved in that child ring. What, they have, like, a WhatsApp group? Yeah, WhatsApp group. Right, we might be taking that a level. <laughs> Not on WhatsApp, but, but they, he has his email or something. Oh, God. I mean, it's... Mm, so, dear. Th- that's another thing where I say, mm, yeah. that's unlikely. Oh. We've got two points left, so okay, we've nearly yeah. solved this now. I mean, 100% not, but yeah. Okay, so this is another twist in the tale. In 2006, photos emerged. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Photos emerged supposedly depicting Johnny Gosh bound and gagged on a bed along with three other boys that would have been taken like 20 years before. But I think the three other boys were in a separate picture. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one of three boys on a bed bound and gagged. And then there's other... She received... Noreen Gosh got sent these photos and she received... another weird bit of the documentary is that she herself personally received these photos in the mail. Yeah, in an unmarked envelope on her doorstep. So there are some single photos. Anyway... So there's three, there's a photo of three boys. Yeah. And um, the mother is 100% convinced that this is Johnny Gosh. Yeah. And Johnny's father and law enforcement don't agree with her. Yeah, so John Gosh Sr. Yeah. and the and police, including the Missing People Center, yeah. I can't remember the official name. Yeah, Missing They persons. say this, this is not legit, this is not him. Yeah. The facial recognition software is not saying but they said uh, oh yeah it's not good enough yeah because they only did it with the three boys on the bed oh yeah whereas to be honest this is the most compelling bit to me because that kid looks a hell of a lot like johnny gosh i mean yeah the one in the single certainly the way they put it up on the documentary listeners google johnny gosh photos 
and you'll see a picture of a boy who obviously you'll find pictures of Johnny Gosh and then you'll see pictures of a boy who looks identical. These are not nice pictures, are they really? No, they're, they're, and he's, you know, tied up on a bed and, d- d- come on, it looked like I, him. I, I've got to say, when I when I saw that, the immediate response is, wow, that does look quite a lot like him. Yeah. But then the fa- what sends you off is that John Gosh Sr. Yeah. says, oh, he hasn't got the proper birthmark on his, there's a big thing about he's got a birthmark on his shoulder. Yeah, I was trying to look for like other pictures of yeah. the birthmark I didn't, couldn't really, so we don't know really. What's weird is, again, Noreen <coughs> Gosh yeah. is convinced that he has this birthmark in his picture. John Gosh Sr. Yeah. says oh, it's not there. It is strange. It's like, you know, and he says feet. his feet are bigger, which is a bit of a. When I heard that, I was like, "Really? You remember how big his feet are?" Yeah, he kind of says that Johnny Gosh has big feet. Surely it's going to be relative to like the camera uh, angle. Yeah, and this child in the photo's feet are too small. I don't know. Look, I've been skeptical of this whole case, but those photos look a lot like Johnny Gosh. Yeah. But I'm thinking. But, but, but that, then that's from someone who doesn't know again. So, yeah. You know. I mean, I've never met the guy. I yeah. think. <laughs> But, but we should say that the, th- the pictures of three boys were proved to be from a case in Florida. Yeah, a few years or at least before. claimed. It hasn't been backed up, but yeah. the guy who ran that case... Yeah, he's pretty solid about it. He's solid about yeah. it. Okay, so, so one one more. Sorry, were you going to say No, I was just saying the pictures again. I'd even forgotten how crazy a twist that was. Yeah. But again, it made that one was, you think, or the way such a public figure like Noreen Gosh might have been getting targeted by pranksters slash just sickos. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. So this is the final thing. This is something you're probably not aware of. One of the supposed victims of this child sex ring, <clears throat> Jacob Wetterling, okay. wasn't mentioned in the documentary, okay. but he has been mentioned in by Paul Bonacci and in, within that group. His remains have since been found the perpetrator, James Heinrich, led investigators to the body, admitting that he killed the boy on the day he abducted him, and thus refuting claims he was ever involved in a child sex ring. So, I mean, it's not Johnny Gosh, but it's a mark against the story that Paul Bonacci is telling. Okay, so you're saying this case kind of re- takes back away, uh, takes away from the Bonacci yeah, claim because he, that there's a sex ring. Yeah, because he says this kid is involved in it, and by all accounts now that case has been solved, and okay, he was yeah. interesting. Yeah, he was killed at the time and date he was so abducted. The su- suggestion would be that Bonacci is yeah. looking at cases and yeah. attributing them. To that the case stuff. just got solved like a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. The, the 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 circles that I run in in these oh, murder forums were very excited. Such strange circles. Right, Tom. So that's my final bullet point. So I want your Come on, what do we think of this? What do we think of this? Give Noreen some closure. Is she crazy? I've got no clue. Tell her that she's crazy. (laughs) What? First of all, great documentary. Oh, brilliant. I I highly recommend you watch this because you won't believe the twists and turns, even though we've just told you all of them. Yeah, I mean, you you will believe them now because you will have heard them all here. Yeah. But, yeah, worth a watch. Good stuff. Also, the characters are quite... I say characters, they're real people, but when you listen to Noreen it becomes very different you might think of her differently from we yeah because we've described her crazily but she's actually a very you know level headed she speaks very through a lot of things yeah my heart goes out to you and I think I said that in my email that I sent her earlier so gosh my heart goes out to you gosh gosh well one thing we haven't 
mention either. Oh, sorry, but my note's not thorough enough. No, we haven't. Is when she mentions this this abuse kind of group ring thing. Yeah. She's semi-claiming that the authorities are kind of covering something up, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. In in that she goes to the police and they refuse to talk about it. There's a a British documentary that tries to exploit a child grooming kind of scandal in Nebraska and they get shut down by the company and by the FBI. So there's a lot of different strands which is definitely worth seeing, which this is the kind of more outlandish you could never touch this kind of story. Part of me thought when I was when I was listening to that bit Mm. I was thinking, but the reporters said the same thing about her. That they used to pick up the phone and go, oh, it's Noreen Gosh again. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm wondering whether she was ju- they were just difficult with her because she is a difficult woman. But, yeah, but the problem is with a lot of these cases you find is that the only people who get anything done or get any results are the people who constantly badger yeah. other people. Yeah. So you do you have to badger, strange but... paradox of, of people who are classed as crazy or, you know, going on and on about things... Mm mixed with the people who went on and on about things yeah. and actually There's a thin broke line, the yeah. scandal. Because, yeah. so, I mean, if if this case is solved, then Noreen Gosh is a hero. Yeah, I mean, imagine had she badgered enough and this massive child exploitation ring got busted in Nebraska. Yeah. She People would be like, wow, if it wasn't for her hard work, no one would have found this. So yeah. it's a very thin line, isn't it? Very thin. Very, very, very thin line. So what are your conclusions? Oh, sorry. Um, I think... He was abducted. I don't think it was a child sex ring. I think it was a normal abductor and probably... Just like a one-off. Yeah, probably killed early. You know, it could have been a serial abductor, but someone who's never been caught and who's uh, probably buried his body underneath his house or something. And that's why he hasn't been caught. I find it all a bit too conspiracy-ish. You? No idea, but I, I would yeah, I mean, it's, definitely say that you're... I, it's <clears throat> so often in these cases, the simple things, but mm. recent scandals in the UK, America, yeah, that's right. Utree, right. etc. Mm. Maybe Noreen was really early yeah. kind of in on this kind of thing. And I think there's enough on both sides, or all the sides, because there's about 12 sides mm. in this... There's enough on all the sides where whatever the answer is, I wouldn't be surprised. No, it's true. So go out there and watch this documentary. Go and watch this thing. Make up your own mind. And tweet. And tweet at Hooper's Podcast. Meanwhile, we're going to watch a thing. We're watching a thing first because it's murder related. And the listen to a thing is not murder related. So we're we're getting the murder out of the way. You know what I mean? Okay. Let's get to the nice stuff. But first, brutal murder. So, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the O.J. Simpson case. You know that, Tom? Where he took a knife and... Well, allegedly. Yeah, hypothetically. Hypothetically. So, anyway, I was telling you earlier that uh, about a month ago, Fox released an unseen interview where he accidentally confesses several times. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. No, but he forgot to say hypothetically at the end. A lot. But... Anyway, so let me introduce this. So th- this this case, just f- for <coughs> my background... Yeah, what do you know about this case? Kind of knew bits and bobs of it before, but then more recently the drama series, The Trial oh, yeah. of O.J. Simpson. Yeah. 
uh, was on the television. I didn't watch it. Didn't watch it. Very watchable. But everyone was talking. Yeah, about it, really it? good. Goes through all what happened quite well. And then I did watch a documentary as well on this. So yeah, uh, so fascinating on so many levels because um, oh no, the documentary I watched was called was it, I think it was just called OJ Simpson or yeah, it could have been. It's like a five. It's like a trial, eight, eight it? trial, eight part documentary. Yeah, yeah, I it's, think I saw. What's that. brilliant? It goes from really detailed like his birth it goes like entirely his whole childhood like what set him off to stardom Mm. everything right through to the end yeah it was it's thorough so thorough and you've you've got to concentrate because like the first episode i think most people probably be like wait why are we here like (laughs) people want to be in 94 but they they like they're they're back in the 70s or something it's crazy yeah like telling us like how jesus yeah yeah it's more or less in the beginning in the beginning yeah it is it's crazy but well adam make eve out of a rib or something he took his rib and made eve is that what? Yeah, that's what that's what happened, I think. But no? fa- a great, fantastic watching. Let me tell you. I'll tell you what I know about OJ. Famous NFL quarterback OJ Simpson was tried in 1995 for the brutal stabbing murder of his ex-wife Nicole Brown and her friend Ron Goldman. In what many have named the trial of the century, OJ denied he was the killer and was controversially acquitted. After a long trial, despite damning DNA evidence being found at the scene, so everyone was, you know, up in arms. And it was a very racial thing, wasn't it? Massively, wasn't it? Yeah, like, uh, generally, the idea was that black people wanted OJ to be acquitted because it was coming just after the uh, Rodney King... Rodney King beatings. Yeah. 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 There you go. Uh, Yeah, and they thought that that would be, like, justice for the black community because i think the, the guys who beat rodney king got off didn't they yeah is that it yeah yeah so and also the lawyers for oj did did big up that aspect of the case didn't they yeah yeah they did they really yeah yeah they did good point on <laughs> in oj Thanks, it, so anyway that's what happened then in the 90s in 2007 oj penned a highly controversial book titled if i did it a scenario for the night of the murder in which he kills both Nicole and Ron with the help of an accomplice. In 2018, Fox aired a previously lost interview with OJ, so this is like two weeks ago. At the time, he was on a publicity tour for the book, in which he seems to mistakenly stray from hypothetical language and begins describing specific details about the crime. <laughs> it's really funny. And he's really dopey in it. That's what makes it funny. I mean, can we address the... Be- just- Straight off the bat, before the interview. Oh yeah, sorry. Writing this book is completely bizarre. Yes, yes. So <laughs> it was so. When I heard about it, I was like, "That is so daring." I like, mean, the he has got. Of, he has got some doing that. The family of. He just got away with murder in front Browns of the whole world. And the Goldmans. And then you if, write a book. If I did it. Yeah, it's like, can you imagine Michael Jackson writing a book? How I molested them. If I did. If I molested them. <laughs> yeah. Here's some diagrams. <laughs> why? Oh, why? OJ, OJ, what were you doing? So here's the interview. I'll play a little snippet of him confessing to murder by mistake. In 2007, this is it. As things got heated, uh, I just remember the coal fell. And uh, this guy kind of got into a karate thing. And I said, well, you think you can kick my ass? And I remember I grabbed a knife. I 
do remember that portion, taking a knife from Charlie. And to be honest, after that, I don't remember. Except I'm standing there and there's all kind of blood and stuff around. You know, we, you know, I hate to say this, but this is hypothetical. I'm right, sorry. Right. I know we got to back up again. Right. That's <laughs> okay. I'm going to back up. I watched the um, 12 minute full version of that. All right. You can find it. I just couldn't be bothered getting it up. And, you know, we're not going to save it for 12 minutes. But it's even worse than it, than it looks. Like, he clearly confesses over and over. He d he goes like a few minutes without saying hypothetical. Yeah. And that's when he starts laughing and he's like, oh, but let me just say, this is hypothetical. So weird. I almost speechless. It's, it's so bizarre, isn't it? What is going on here? What is going on in his head that he's written this book and done this interview? He's gone into this interview so just breezy, just like... Yeah, yeah. Completely relaxed, just saying whatever he wants. I mean, try put yourself in in the shoes of a person who has gone ahead and made a, a genuinely hypothetical book mm. of if I did right. Surely your number one thought going into a, an interview like that would be like remember to say every sentence basically with well in the book or hypothetically yeah. or in the book. Not just, I remember... It's like he just rocked up and he just started answering. He just... That's the, that's what's beautiful about it. He didn't even care enough to lie. I mean, is, is it like an ego thing? Like, or... surely 99% of murderers are, like, lying. <laughs> you know what I mean? 24, 7. Just every interview they rock up to, they have a little word of themselves in the car. Now, remember, I didn't kill them. Right, legally, we are obliged to just say that. What? In the criminal courts, OJ was acquitted. Acquitted. OJ of, was of acquitted. The murders of Nicole yeah. Brown and yeah. Ron Goldman. But I mean, he did it, didn't he? Didn't he? I mean, again, for the sake of the podcast, he was acquitted. He was acquitted, yeah. Um, but he did it. I mean, well, in, that's what's bizarre in America, and I don't understand the, the legal system there well enough, but he was acquitted in a criminal trial yeah but then in the civil case a judge ruled that he had in fact yeah it's killed yeah uh or at least ron goldman i'm not sure if the browns are involved in it's that because sense, it's because tom here's some criminology knowledge for you yeah well this is where you shine in a criminal case mm. you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt yeah. in a civil case it's just which one do you think which side do you think is more likely On a balance of probabilities yeah and, and that's the difference. So, there's a bit of knowledge for the... I mean, it is, but again, I still... It, you know, I, I imagine the folks at home, as well as I, would mm. find quite a strange contradiction in <laughs> someone being found guilty and not guilty <clears throat> yeah. in a court of law. Yeah. yeah. It's the same crime. Yeah, I'm afraid... But look, there are... Let me stick up for team criminology. Yeah. There are a lot of valid reasons why the criminal case side the reasonable doubt needs to be higher yeah okay yeah i absolutely i understand yeah. that yeah 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 good. Fair point, good. Fair point. Good. good but yeah fascinating interview though jay this is like can you imagine being the reporter in that situation just money rolling down <laughs> her eyes probably probably like how where do you even go because how did fox get that interview for free oh. and they didn't put it out for 10 years i you want well first thing if i them. if i hold any job at fox 
from if I'm just an intern right up to if I am the owner of Fox, right? If I hear someone come up to me saying, hey, um, OJ just confessed in there. <laughs> Should we air it or not? I'm going to say, yes, air it. Put it on my Snapchat right now. Make sure the world knows that I have this tape. Did, did people in the circles know this existed? I've I never, I've never heard clear. of this. I've never because, heard of this. You know, this is a quite a big media. And this just came out of nowhere. Yeah. They advertised it for like a week, and then they just dropped it, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, it actually is what the advert said." Him confessing. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. Oh, but we should just say, if OJ does uh, take offense to anything he can tweet at the hoopers podcast and just let us know and we'll we'll print a full retraction tweet well he might have sued your ass out of here by then but that'd be fun wouldn't it you'd get famous eh? one side of the courtroom is oj sims the most famous murderer ever on the other side is me and you you and your blazer me yeah <laughs> I, you just I, haven't bothered dressing up <laughs> i stand by the fact come on that tom OJ that's enough murder for today that's enough murder for today. We're gonna listen to a thing. Mm. I texted you earlier. I said, what's the highest on the Rolling Stones top 100 artist list that you've never given the time of day to? Mm -hmm. And the answer is? It was Little Richard. Little Richard. Little so, Richard, not for any particular reason. I He was just high up there. And yeah, I, he was I'm just the highest up quite there. Quite embarrassed that I probably have. Well, I've, I've never, I've mm -hmm. never given him the time of day either. Well, there we are. Let's so. give him the exact yeah. time. So of this, day is, now. this would be interesting because I think this is the first time I've gone into a thing and never seen it. So yeah, with with Emmett, it was quite basic, wasn't it? Yeah, Emmett is like <laughs> teaching a two-year-old how to mm. use crayons. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we don't want to get into the Holocaust. This is Little Richard. Often considered a trailblazer for R&B, Little Richard rose to prominence in the 1940s and dominated the 1950s with his blend of powerful gospel and energetic swing. He was discovered before a Sister Rosetta Sharp concert, wow. a gospel singer, mm. in 1947 when Tharp herself overheard Richard singing one of her songs and invited him to perform on stage that night. That's like the stuff dreams are I was going to say, fairy tale. Yeah. That's what every footballer growing up yeah. wants to... Absolutely. Oh no, he's injured! Hey you! Who, me? Yeah, you! Yeah, it's just... Get you know, your kit on and get out of there! The Wales manager of the time. It's 2-2 at the time. Was just popping by Canmore PG on a Saturday afternoon. Well, you never know. And thought, I'll just go watch the lads. Wow, that guy. <laughs> the assistant uh, Wales coach at the moment that used to be very fond of me. Was he the yeah. former Manchester United? No, was no, no. The, um, what's his name? Oshan Roberts. Oh, Oshan Roberts. Oh, okay. Oshan Roberts. He put, when, when I was younger, he pulled me aside a few times and he was like, you're going to be something, kid. <laughs> Back to the murder <laughs> mystery <laughs> voice. Was he smoking? <laughs> Little Benny Roberts had the world at his feet. <laughs> Incidentally, Luke now lives it over the road to me. Not Little Benny Roberts. Oh, who? Oh, Oshan Roberts. <clears throat> yes. Oh, so... Definitely, he should get in touch with the Hoopers podcast. Just pop he, next door. What a coup it would be for the Hoopers podcast. To get him on, yeah. Yeah, John Roberts on. Yeah, and I'll just... People will be furious at me for just an hour. I'll be badgering him. What, what went wrong in my career? Or just asking about a random... Why didn't you call me? ...murder documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think OJ did it? Yeah. No, he, he definitely did Anyway, <laughs> he... Uh, 
He immediately became addicted to performing and began incorporating his own charismatic showmanship, which was influenced by his upbringing in Pentecostal churches. His father was a church deacon and also a moonshine bootlegger on the side. Fantastic stuff. <laughs> yeah. I picked some good facts for this. That's why it's going to be long. Some guy I've never heard of. It's because I was learning at the time as well. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Richard was kicked out of his family home by his father at age 15 for wearing his mother's dresses and makeup. Another twist. Yeah. Following this, Richard's best friend Frank shot and killed Richard's father outside a local bar. Yeah, this is like who took, who took little on? Richard? Why didn't we discuss this as the case? Like, this is amazing. I know, this is mental. But then nothing is really written about that murder. Oh, okay. Because the mother said in an interview, I saw an interview and she just said like, yeah, we don't really know much about it. Yeah, you got shot or something. I think it was Frank that did it. A different it. time. So, although Richard has long acknowledged his homosexual lifestyle, he has always grappled with it, saying multiple times in interviews that homosexuality was unnatural and it represented the demons inside him. Despite this, he went on to have an unbelievable career spanning four decades and is considered one of the most influential artists of the 20th century. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in his first year in 1986 and we're going to listen to the hit song Lucille, Lucille which the Beatles went on to famously cover. Mm. And yes. this song influenced the 60s heavy bass lines. See how the podcast comes full circle. I woke up this morning, Lucille was not in sight. I asked my friends about her, but all they looked was tight. He had a certain something, didn't he? Wow, fantastic voice, I thought. Really good voice, yeah. Really good. Uh, more familiar for Tutti Fruity. Yeah, do you want to sing a little bit of Tutti Fruity? I, d- I don't know, but, no. but his voice is really good. Quite noticeable, isn't it? Yeah, very, uh, a, a musical professor would say sharp. Yeah, you w- you can't ignore that almost, can you? No. That comes on, you, you yeah. look... Yeah, yeah, it's very, yeah, it demands your attention. Mm, mm. Yeah, I guess this was played in, like, dance halls. Remember when dance halls were a thing? Mm. Well, this this is from 1957, I believe. Uh-huh. So tell the folks, come on. Yeah, well, no, it, it made me think, yeah. and we won't get into this because it's late in the podcast, yeah. but it made me think of probably my all-time favourite TV series, oh. Mad Men. Mad Men. Mad men. Because there's a there is a an episode, a scene where Peggy Olsen, yeah, one of the main characters in Mad Men, does dance, go, go to a bar and start dancing. The one the where they're doing the twist. Yeah, I was just gonna bring that up oh, to you. How good that scene was. Such a good scene. Yeah, and it's very much a song like this, isn't it? We both like Mad Men. Yeah, <laughs> we should have done the whole album. Oh, we should have talked about Mad Men. Maybe we'll do it next time. Mad Men back. is so good. So good. And the oh. way they... Their final season was sensational. Some of the best TV I've ever seen. They wrapped it up. The whole final scene. Oh. I remember texting you going, every episode is like a movie. 
the every episode was a ten out of ten in, that, out, in that final run. Shout out to the people who made Unbelievable. Um, is it the same people that made Sopranos or do they? Um imagine that. I think it is. I think it's the same people that made Sopranos. I just can't remember what it's called now. But yeah, fantastic stuff. Mm. Well done. Well done to you. Three cheers to... What did we... I wonder what they got in the pipeline these days, those fellas. How can you tell that? Because they've just finished Mad Men, haven't they? And they've got probably... Considered by most to be the best show of all time, Sopranos. Are you sure they're the same people? I'm almost certain they're the same people. Should we look this up? Yeah, look this up. Because they deserve... And we should say their names as well, because they're such... Uh, they, they deserve respect on the Hoopers podcast. It was Matthew Weiner. Matthew Weiner. I think that's how you pronounce his name, but yeah. yeah uh, I'm sure it is. Uh, yeah, so he w- he is the creator of the AMC television drama series Mad Men. Okay. He is also noted for his work on the HBO drama series. Ah, uh, okay, Mad yeah, Mad. right. He was a writer and producer during the show's fifth and sixth season. Okay. We were kind of both right. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, that's how he looks. That's Another nice compromise. What a program Mad Men was. Brilliant. Uh, Joe, I, I know you're a big fan of, um, as well, a similar kind of uh, production, Catch Me If You Can. That same, similar kind of vibe. It was on the other night. Yeah, that's why I'm bringing it up. What a film. What a film. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So underrated as well. No one ever talks about People it. People should be talking about this film. Like People should be talking ever. about it. Leo. Brilliant. One, Brilliant. He, he covers, I think he covers about 30 years yeah. with almost no prosthetics he just kind of just yeah he played a 16 year old uh, right up until like a middle aged man and he was brilliant he was very believable as as the entire thing the whole way through yeah and great supporting cast well I mean Tom Hanks you can't go Tom Hanks Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio I'm gonna watch that film whatever it is yeah never mind um, Leo's dad in the film who was played by well, that's why I brought it up. Would you like to hear my Christopher Walken impression to yes. close the podcast? <clears throat> so that's, that's, did you engineer that whole chat yeah. so I would yeah. get to Christopher Walken? Yeah, that's the kind of foresight we use on the Hoopers podcast. Fantastic. Thank you, thank you, <clears throat> thank you. So, <clears throat> Tom, I've been meaning to uh, tell you something. Two mice fall in a bucket of cream. That's it. Oh, are you not... You're not going to complete the story. Well, no, that's... I don't remember the next bit. Something about one mouse... One mouse drowned trying to... Well, I think one mouse uh, either gives in or just tries to climb up a few times and gets tired. Yeah, it gets tired and drowned. The other mouse swims around around in circles and churns the milk into... Into into butter? Sure, Into cream? Yeah, into butter. Yeah. Or cheese. And then that, anyway, and then that lady says, "That mouse just churned that thing into butter, did it? What a charming story!" Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's gonna get when, married to that girl. When Leo says it the second time round, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love Good that impression. Part. I mean, Christopher Walken is fantastic. It's hard to do an impression. It's one of the things you can either do an impression or you can't. Because everyone's such always, a strange. Yeah, he pauses at the wrong times. In. Sentences. sentences. I wasn't even trying that. I was, just, <laughs> I was just lost. Well, you know, uh, Christopher Walken is a, a murder suspect in the 1980s death of Natalie Wood, Hollywood actress. This was recently 
uh, in the news, wasn't it? Oh, it could have been. Could have been. I believe. Was she uh, on a yacht? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was because the police <clears throat> are wanting to speak to the main suspect, who is also an actor. Uh, or a famous producer. Movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what is his name? They wanted to talk to him again because. Uh, Robert writers. Wagner. That's the one. And it was, yeah, it was such a bizarre case that they were all on this yacht and she. She just, just those three. Yeah. Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood, who were husband and wife. Yeah. And Christopher Walken's come along. And they were chatting. Uh, they had an argument at night. Yeah. And he says, oh, she went off to somewhere and we never, And then in the morning, she's gone. Well, in the morning, they found her floating oh, in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the water. So how about that? So next podcast, we'll dissect, someone needs to dissect that, that case. Yeah, but for now, do you want to say goodbye to the folks at home? Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, and, you know, just have a blessed day. Good night. I'm all alone every night. How I moan and how I fight those big city But no one smiles to help me chase those big...